Thank you. You may be seated. President Abraham Lincoln was assassinated on April 14, 1865 at the Ford Theater in Washington, D.C. The night that he was assassinated, he had several items with him. He had a pair of glasses. He had uh, an ivory pocket knife. He had a gold watch fob. He had a large handkerchief. And he had a brown wallet with a $5 bill in it. And he also had several uh, newspaper clippings. The clippings all lauded his leadership, his decisions, and the the choices he was making as he was uh, leading our nation at that point in time. President Lincoln kept those clippings with him because of the encouragement that they gave him. Encouragement was important for President Lincoln. Encouragement is important for you and me today. Thankfully, our God is an encouraging God. Amen? Our God is an encouraging God. When God saved us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, he placed his Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit is our personal encourager. He is with us to encourage and empower us to live and love God's way. God also encourages us through the truth of his word. The psalmist said in Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Our help, like the psalmist's help, comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, and verse 24, your decrees are my delight and my counselors. God's word counsels us, delights us, helps us, and encourages us. It's easy for us to understand why James told us, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Don't be hearers only, but be doers of God's word. We are blessed by God as we obey God and his word. We are blessed by God as we obey the golden rule. Jesus told us in Matthew 7 and verse 12, therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them. For this is the law and prophets. The golden rule works because it's God's rule for you and me. All God's instructions, precepts, and commands work for us. All God's instructions, precepts, and commands regarding encouragement found in his word work for us and those around us. As Solomon told us in Proverbs 18 and verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat of its fruit. In other words, our words pack a powerful punch. With our words, we can bless or burden. We can develop or destroy. We can help or hurt. We can heal or harm. We can build up or we can tear down. We must, therefore, ask God to monitor our mouths every day. Every one of us needs to ask God to monitor our mouths Every day, the psalmist understood this. He said in Psalm 141 and verse 3, Lord, set up a guard over my mouth. Keep watch at the door of my lips. 
What a great verse. Set up a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch at the door of my lips. You see, we need God by the power of his Holy Spirit to keep watch at the door of our lips on a daily basis. Since we want others to encourage us, we must encourage others. So let's look real quick at some points about encouragement. Real quick, three points about encouragement that we see from God's word. Number one, encouragement sounds good. Solomon told us in Proverbs 15 and verse 23, a person takes joy in an answer and a timely word. How good that is. Timely, encouraging words are good for us to hear. There are moments every day, I think each one of us can testify to this, there are moments every day where what we need most is to hear a timely word or two or three or 50. You see, timely, encouraging words are like music to our ears. They sound good. Secondly, encouragement feels good. The Sol- the, the Solomon said in Proverbs 16 and verse 24, pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the taste and healing to the body. We know that honey from the honeycomb was a prominent product in the Old Testament nation of Israel. We read about it often in the scriptures. Matter of fact, Israel, the promised land, was known as the land flowing with milk and honey. Honey was and is delicious. It's sweet to the taste. And so what is Solomon telling us here? He's saying this, pleasant, encouraging words feel good to us. Pleasant, encouraging words, they don't just sound good, they feel good to us. Recent studies by groups of doctors have revealed a negativity bias. It's called a negativity bias in our brains. What that means is our brains, according to these studies, are more responsive and sensitive to unpleasant, unkind words. Which is why personal insults and criticisms hit us harder and stay with us longer. Words of encouragement, Solomon understood this years and years ago, words of encouragement, just like good medicine, timely, pleasant, encouraging words search through our hearts and our minds for those areas of pain and discomfort and question and doubt, and they rush healing there to where those needs are. Encouraging words are sweet to the taste. They're healing to the body. Listen, it's easy for us to understand why the world is so full of negativity. It's easy for us to understand. John told us in 1 John 2, verses 16 and 17, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride in one's possessions, is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world with its lust is passing away. But the one who does the will of God remains forever. Listen, the world is negative because we understand and realize the world, everything in the world, the dreams, the desires, the plans, the pursuits, the goals of this world, world being defined as those in opposition to God and rebellion against God, they're passing away. Paul told us 
without a relationship with God by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. We are without help. We are without hope. We are without God in this world. Peter said, without a relationship with God, we are not God's people. We have not received mercy as of yet. Thankfully, Jesus told us that we are in this world, but we're not of this world. God has called us out of this world of darkness into the marvelous light of his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We are children of God doing the will of God by the power of God for the glory of God. And encouragement is a must for us because it keeps us, listen now, it keeps us from becoming victims of the world's negativity. And encouragement keeps us from becoming participants in the world's negativity. Encouragement is a must for us. It sounds good to us. It feels good. It penetrates deep into us. Third, encouragement is good. It is good for us. We know that Psalm 7, Proverbs 25 and verse 11, a word spoken at the right time is like gold apples in silver settings. A timely, encouraging word is beautiful. It's priceless. It's valuable. Encouragement is good for us and for those around us. Now, understand and realize we don't encourage just to get encouragement. We don't encourage just to try to fix people or problems. We don't encourage to manipulate people for our gain. We encourage because God said encourage. We encourage because Quite honestly, it's a blast to encourage others. Why wouldn't we want to be ministers of encouragement? Understanding just here right now what we've gone through up to this point, and we've got much more to go, why wouldn't we want to be ministers of encouragement? It's a blast to encourage others. One extra side note, an extra side benefit that I've seen, I'm sure you've seen this as well, is simply this, encouragers never lack for friends. They never lack for friends. As we raised our daughters, we taught them and tried to teach them. We tried to model for them. We tried to just teach them a simple truth. If you gals will encourage others, you will never, ever, ever have a lack of friends. Why? Because people want to be around encouragers because of how much they enjoy, need, and want encouragement. You want to draw a crowd? You start encouraging every day, all day. You start encouraging every chance you get, and you'll see this reality happen in your life, in your relationships. Encouragement is good for you and for me. And so with this base of understanding, let's turn in our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10. I want us to, to look at a couple of passages this morning because God has filled his word with instructions for us to encourage others. God has made it real clear to us throughout his word ways that we can encourage others. And so I want us to look at just a few, three in particular. This is not an exhaustive list of ways to encourage others. There is no question, no doubt, that you can see in the word of God many other ways that we can encourage others. These three 
I think, are important for us this morning, for this week. I believe God wants us to incorporate these once again in our lives so that we can use them and minister them through our lives to those that God places around us. Some real important ways that we are able to encourage others. The first way we encourage others is thoughtfully. Is thoughtfully. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24, we see these words, and let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works. Real quick, in this passage in Hebrews chapter 10, the writer of Hebrews was reminding us that we are saved by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus that we are brothers and sisters by faith in Jesus, that we are members of God's family by faith in Jesus. And then the author of Hebrews chapter 10, the writer here says that because of our faith and trust in Christ Jesus, since we have a relationship with God by faith in Jesus, then there are some responsibilities. There are some implications for us. And in particular, in this passage, he shared a few of those implications through let us statements. And in this passage, we're going to focus on the third let us statement. But there were two other let us statements that he shared leading into this third one, which helps us to understand why this third one is so important. He said this, since we have a relationship with God by faith in Jesus, let us draw near to God with confidence. He focused on this in this passage in chapter 10 prior to verse 24. We have confidence as followers of Jesus Christ to draw near to God through the finished work of Jesus Christ, our great high priest. Jesus offered the once and for all sacrifice for sins by giving his life for us on the cross of Calvary. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. Faith in Jesus is the only way into a relationship with God. Therefore, since we know we have placed our faith and trust in Christ Jesus, we have the confidence to draw near to God in times of trouble. Since we have a relationship with God by faith in Jesus, we can draw near to God with confidence knowing that God hears us and that God will help us in our time of need. He'll give us grace and encouragement and mercy and love and all that we need, wisdom. We can draw near with confidence. Second, he said, since we have a relationship with God by faith in Jesus, let us hold firm and persevere in our faith in God. Since Jesus overcame, we can overcome. We have the confidence that we can draw near to God. And as we draw near to God, we can hold firm because of God's power at work in us. And we can then persevere through all that comes our way, the troubles, challenges, and difficulties that come our way. And then he shared with us in verse 24, since we have a relationship with God by faith in Jesus, we're to draw near to God with confidence. We're to hold firm and persevere in our faith in God, and we're to consider how to encourage one another. So we're to consider how to encourage one another. We draw near to God with confidence, knowing that we can hold firm and persevere in our faith in him because he has a hold on us. And as we persevere, we know that we need to encourage one another to help that perseverance work. And he shared with us in verse 24, and let us watch out for one another. Watch out is in the present tense. Watch out means to consider carefully. It means to think about carefully. Every day, all day, we are to watch out for one another. That means we're to consider carefully, we're to think about 
we're to give thoughtful consideration to provoke for love, toward love and good works. Watch out for one another to provoke love and good works. So we're to think about, we're to carefully consider how we are to provoke one another to love and good works. Provoke one another to love and good works is also in the present tense. Provoke means to incite, to stimulate, to stir up, to sharpen, to encourage. So every day, all through the day, we are to carefully consider, we're to think about, we're to give thoughtful consideration to how we are to provoke, how we are to stir up, how we to are, are to encourage one another to love and good works. You see, God calls us to love and good works, and he calls us to encourage one another to love and good works. And so what he's saying here is encourage one another thoughtfully. Another way you can look at this is think before you speak. Think before you hit those keys. Think before you press on those buttons. Think before you speak. I like how one pastor said, he said, put your mind in motion before you, put your, before, before you put your mouth in gear. Get your mind in motion before your mouth starts to, to get in gear and move. We're to think about ways to encourage one another thoughtfully. Now, verse 24 is connected to verse 25. You see, it's a continuous statement. And let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. So we're to encourage one another until Jesus returns. That's the day he's talking about there. We're to encourage one another until the day Jesus returns. Now, he shares with us here something real important that we all understand. Encouragement works best when we're together. It works best face-to-face, in person, when we're together. Now, gathering together has certainly taken on a new meaning this year with the changes, the complications uh, due to and the challenges due to the coronavirus. So what does that mean for us? It just means we need to even give more thoughtful consideration to how we encourage one another. It just means this truth is even that much more relevant to you and to me today. We need to take every chance we get to encourage one another thoughtfully as often as possible, every chance we can get when we happen to be in person or at least six feet away from the other person, we need to try to speak those words of encouragement thoughtfully. We need to get on Zoom meetings. We need to to get on FaceTime. And how about this? Just have a Zoom meeting of encouragement. The agenda of the next Zoom meeting for you and your family members, you and your friends, should just simply be one word, encouragement. That's it. And eye to eye at least, you have the opportunity just to pour encouragement into one another. FaceTiming just for encouragement. Texting encouraging words. Emailing encouraging words. Here's the point that God wants us to understand. He uses our encouraging words and his work in others' lives of encouraging them towards love and good works.
That is awesome. Amen? That's awesome. That's also scary. That's why he says, think about it. Watch out for one another. Consider carefully. Think. Think about the words you're using. Think about them. Because as my child, I want to use you in the words you speak in that other person's life to encourage them toward love and good works. And so we see the awesome blessing that is ours to be used in God's work in others' lives, but also the awesome responsibility for us. And so we need to encourage one another thoughtfully. Secondly, we need to encourage one another consistently. Turn to your left to Hebrews chapter 3. Just a few pages to your left, Hebrews chapter 3. Uh, and the writer of Hebrews shared with us that we need to encourage one another consistently, not just thoughtfully, but consistently. In chapter 3 and verse 13, uh, the writer of Hebrews said this, but encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that any of you is hardened by sin's deception. So in this passage, in chapter 3, we find a warning and an encouragement. The warning is connected to the previous verse in verse 12. The encouragement is connected to verse 13. Here's the warning in verse 12, just in a simple summary nutshell. Watch out. Watch out. Take heed. Watch out is a present tense command from God to us. Watch out means stay on guard, be alert spiritually, keep your eyes up spiritually. Watch out means watch out, pay attention, take heed. And what this author was sharing with us is we must be careful. We have a warning here from the Lord to watch out, to pay attention to what's going on in our lives from a spiritual perspective. Because though we have been saved by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, we still battle with the desires of our sinful flesh, which can lead us away from God and into sin in a moment's notice if we're not watching out. And in the passage that we see in chapter 3, the author of Hebrews used the example of the Israelites who didn't believe God would lead them into the promised land, who didn't believe God would allow them to take possession of that land. And so what did they do? They turned away from God in sin, fear, and disobedience to God. And they spent 40 years wandering around in a wilderness, waiting for that unbelieving generation to pass away. Listen, once we take our eyes off Jesus, we're in trouble. Once we take our minds out of the word of God, we're in trouble. Once we start living and walking in our power, we're in trouble. There's a warning here. Watch out. Watch out. Watch out. But then we see the encouragement in verse 13, and that's simple this. But encourage one another. This Command, encourage one another, is also in the present tense from God to us. And God says, encourage one another daily as long as it's called today, which means encourage one another consistently, all day, every day. 
all the time. Encourage one another daily as long as it's called today. How long is it called today? It's called today until it's no longer today. It's yesterday. And then what happens? It's today again. Encourage all the time. And in this encouraging word, in this warning and in this encouragement, notice, you see it, there's a sense of urgency. There's a sense of urgency for us to be encouragers. Here's reason for the sense of urgency. Our encouraging words to one another keeps us from becoming what? Hardened by sin's deception. That's what he said. But encourage one of the daily as long as it's called today so that none of you will be what? Hardened by sin's deception. What does that mean? It means spiritual growth. Our spiritual maturity in large part is determined by and dependent on the work of God, obviously, in our lives through the encouragement we receive from one another. Listen, sin is very deceptive. It looks good, but it's not good. It never provides what it promises. As I've said many, many times before when we're talking about sin, no matter how good the bait of sin may look, there's always a hook. There's always a hook. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we understand what these writers are telling us. We understand that we are in a battle. The battle of spiritual warfare is real. We have an enemy, Satan, who wants to steal, kill, and destroy us, our walk with God, our witness for God, and our worship of God. He never takes a day off in his work against us. He actually never takes a moment off in his work against us. We face a daily battle from within and without. Every one of us as followers of Jesus Christ face a daily battle from within and from without. Our battle within is with us. Our sinful desires, the desires of our sinful flesh, which rage inside us, that are constantly drawing us to turn away from God and to turn into sin. So our greatest challenge on a daily basis is always, first and foremost, us. Us. Our greatest challenge is always with us. But then secondly, we face a daily battle from without. And that daily battle is against our enemy, Satan, who uses other people in our circumstances to try to lure us away from God and into sin. And so this is where encouragement comes in, so important. God encourages us by his Holy Spirit in us. God encourages us through the truth of his word. And then God encourages us through one another, our thoughtful, consistent encouragement from one another. Using this word helps us in so many ways. It helps us not to become hardened by sin's deception. That's why we need to encourage one another consistently every day. We need to encourage one another consistently to do unto others as we would have them do unto us, to depend on God, not ourselves, to forgive others as Christ has forgiven us, to give generously to God, to humble ourselves before God on a day-by-day basis. We need to encourage one another consistently to live at peace with others, to love God and to love people, to pray without ceasing with others, to pray without ceasing for others, to pray without ceasing for ourselves, our needs, cares, and concerns. We need to encourage one another consistently to resist the temptations before us by God's power in us, to remember that God is with us, to stay in God's word, to stay focused on God. We need to encourage one another consistently to use the gifts that God has given to us to serve others 
for his honor and glory, to walk in obedience to God and the truth of his word day by day. We need to encourage one another consistently as long as it's called today because God uses our encouragement to help mature us in our faith in Christ. And remember, we cannot fulfill God's plan for us our way. It is not our plan for God. It's God's plan for us. So often the enemy gets us confused on this point, and we start living and we start petitioning the Father about an expectation of our plan for God. And God, here's my plan for you. Do this for me. And as long as you do this for me, I'm good. But if you don't do this for me, then I'm out. And we will literally get frustrated because God's not doing what? What we want him to do. He's actually not doing what we're telling him to do. And we're the ones frustrated. Listen. Throughout Scripture, it's clear. It's God's plan for us. It's his plan for us. He tells us what to do. His wisdom is greater than our wisdom. His knowledge is greater than our knowledge. His plan is better than our plan. His understanding is limitless. Ours is very limited. And see, our enemy tries to get us to believe our plan is better than God's plan. He tries to convince us that we know ourselves better than God knows us, that we know what's best for us more than what God knows best for us. Or he will try to convince us, if he can't hit that target, he'll try to convince us to try to fulfill God's plan for us our way. Because either option leads us away from God in sin against God. And encouragement comes along in our lives. And if we're not able to get in the word and we're not having that Holy Spirit encourage us, then that's when we need the, the next level of our brother and sister in Christ to come and encourage us through that thoughtful, consistent encouragement. Because encouragement reminds us God's in charge, not us. Encouragement reminds us that God knows best, not us. Encouragement reminds us that it's God's plan for us, not our plan for God. Encouragement reminds us simply do what God tells us to do. And everything will work out. Encouragement reminds us to simply just humble ourselves before God, to rest in God and to wait on God as he does his work in our lives. We understand and realize how important this encouragement is, especially in those times of, of suffering and trials and difficulties. Because at times we know that God's plan calls for us to suffer well in Christ Jesus. It's not a popular sermon topic, how to suffer well for Christ Jesus. You'll empty out a room. Matter of fact, there's false teachers sharing this message every day, all day, that God doesn't call us to suffering. He calls us to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. And we know that's not true. Encouragement helps us when we're on the mountaintops of life. Encouragement helps us when we're in the valleys of life. Encouragement helps us every step in between to stay focused on God, his work in our lives, to hold on to him. A third way we're to encourage one another is we're to encourage one another specifically, thoughtfully, consistently, specifically. Now, in order to look at this point, let's turn to our left real quick, uh, and we'll try to hit this uh, for just a moment. 
Uh, we're going to encourage one of those specifically. It's a great passage. Ephesians chapter 4. Turn to your left to Ephesians chapter 4 real quick. Phenomenal passage. Just one verse in particular. I'll kind of give you the flavor around the verses. Uh, but, but it's a great verse for us uh, to apply in our lives today and this week. Uh, Ephesians 4 and verse 29. I love this verse. It's so important. It's so relevant. Uh, it's so practical for us today. And the... Uh, Apostle Paul wrote these words, no foul language should come from your mouth or no unwholesome talk should come from your mouth. No foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear. Let me read that one more time. No foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear. There's three levels there in this teaching. First, this is a fantastic verse, Amen. This is a verse that needs to be memorized and applied in every marriage, family, friendship, and relationship. Everyone. Here, what ha what's happening is the Apostle Paul was encouraging the believers in the church in Ephesus, and he was reminding them that they were new creations in Christ, that they, they were new in Christ. They had taken off the old self of sin, and they had put on the new self of righteousness and holiness by faith in Jesus. Therefore, as followers of Jesus, they were to live for Jesus. And one of the key areas that they were to watch as they lived for Jesus was their words. We too, as followers of Jesus, are called to live for Jesus. So this encouragement is for us as well today. As we've said, living for Jesus in a world opposed to Jesus is not easy. It's not easy for us. It's more than possible by God's power working us, but it's not easy. And one specific area that we need to watch as we live for Jesus in this world opposed to Jesus is our words. It's our words. Paul said, no foul language should come from your mouth. Foul language literally means rotten, spoiled, unfit for use, unwholesome, worthless, putrid words, speech, and talk. What he's saying is this, just as we would not eat rotten, spoiled, foul-smelling food, so we should not speak rotten, spoiled, foul-sounding words. Foul language includes gossip, inappropriate jokes, insults, lying, slander, and all kinds of abusive speech. Even understanding our first point, just flippant speech could also be included in this. Not thinking before we speak, because that gets us in trouble often. Instead, we are to speak words that build up, bless, and encourage others according to their needs. Specifically, according to their needs. He said to build them up according to their need. What is he saying there? We need specific encouragement. We are to speak words that build up, bless, and encourage others specifically according to their needs. What does this mean? It means simply this. We must be engaged and transparent with one another. 
Again, the word of God is always drawing us to God and to one another. In every theme, in every chapter, in every book, in every verse, you can see this constant drawing of God, drawing us together with him and drawing us together with one another's brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. If we're going to apply this specific truth of encouragement in verse 29, it means we must be engaged with one another and transparent with one another. What does that mean? It means we must be willing to share with one another where we have need for encouragement so that we can encourage one another another specifically. So we got to be open. We got to be transparent. We got to be involved and engaged with one another. We got to be connected and interested enough in one another to ask those questions, to hear those responses so that we can Encourage one another specifically. Encouragement is good, but specific encouragement according to our needs is even better. It's even better. And listen, what Paul is telling us as we get to that third level in this verse is this. Foul language doesn't build up, bless, or benefit anyone. Specific words of encouragement, however, builds up, blesses, and benefits the one we're speaking to, but get this now, but also to all those who are listening. He said, to build up one another according to your needs so that it may give grace to those who hear. So we know and understand. It gives grace to all those who are listening. Listen, whether we know it or not or like it or not, people are always listening. They're always listening. And so we have the opportunity to speak thoughtful, consistent, specific words of encouragement. And it will bless those that we're talking to. But we'll also give grace to those who are listening. We have the opportunity to be grace spreaders. God's grace and encouragement through us to those around us, those who are our specific target, but then all those who are gathered around who may be listening. And whether we know it or not, people are always listening. This is why God calls us throughout his word to encourage one another and to do it specifically. You see, encouraging others allows us to bless others for Jesus. Encouraging others allows us to point others to Jesus. Encouraging others allows us to bring glory to Jesus. Encouragement is good for us and for all those around us. God uses our encouraging words and his work in our lives and his work in others' lives for his honor, glory, name, and fame. It's awesome. But understand this. Thoughtful, consistent, specific words of encouragement don't just come out of us. <laughs> they're not natural for us. They're not driven by our strength and wisdom. You see, we must do our part. We must do our part. As is the case with the teaching of God's word, we always, 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 always must do our part. Our part is we must surrender ourselves to God each day so that we can walk and talk and talk in his strength for his glory. As we surrender ourselves to God throughout the day, he empowers us to put this truth into action. He empowers us to walk and to talk 
in ways that he uses to make us more like Jesus and to make those around us more aware, more like, closer to, more in love with Jesus. We have the privilege to be God's encouragers. Let's commit this morning. Let's commit this morning, right here, right now, once again, to spread God's grace to all those around us by sharing thoughtful, consistent, specific words of encouragement today and this week. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. I wanna encourage you to, to put this truth into action this morning. So here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. I'm gonna ask you, if you are here with someone, there's no better time to do our part than right now. If you're here with someone, maybe a husband, a wife, brother, sister, son, or daughter, maybe a close friend. If you're here with someone, I wanna encourage you just right now, right now, to lean over to them and to speak a specific word of encouragement to them right now. Just lean over and speak a specific word of encouragement to them. Allow them to speak one to you. Pour into them. If you're here alone this morning, then I wanna encourage you that God's word is full of encouragement to you. I wanna encourage you to think about someone as soon as you leave later today or this evening who you can speak that encouraging word into. You can have time to think about them. And to consider how you can use your words. to bring healing. Because I can assure you there is healing needed in our hearts and our lives. And one of the ways that God brings that healing is through us and our words of encouragement to one another. The altar is open as it always is and my brother and my sister, you can come and kneel and do business at the altar. Maybe you want to go to someone who, who you're not seated near, a brother, sister in Christ, that, you, that God's telling you maybe who you need to go is encourage someone here. Then I want to encourage you here in just a moment. We're going to stand, and I'm going to encourage you to go to them and encourage them. Speak that word to them. Bless them in the name of Jesus. Spread God's grace to them. Spread his grace all over them. And as we've heard this morning, we know that Jesus Christ is the only way to relationship with God. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, then this word of encouragement is ready to be poured into you by God's grace through your faith in Christ Jesus. I would encourage you to consider Christ. He lived a perfect life. He died a perfect death. He was buried in the tomb, and he rose again on the third day victorious over sin and death for you and for me. Some of the greatest encouraging words written in any book 
some of the greatest and most encouraging words in the Word of God is simply this. He is risen. He's alive. And because He is risen, because He's alive, we can know Him. You can know Him. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. It doesn't matter all the things you've done. You see, God's a forgiving God. He will forgive you. He will receive you. He will change you from the inside out. He'll save you. That's His desire for you this morning. Our pastors, our ministers will be standing here at the front. They'd love to pray with you. They'd love to pray over you. Hey, if you need an encouraging word, then I can encourage you to just get up and make your way to one of these ministers. They'd love to speak an encouraging word, to pray an encouraging word over you this morning. As vessels of God's grace and mercy and love and encouragement to one another. God's at work. Let's join him in his work. Let's stand and worship him together this morning. As the worship team comes out to lead us in this time of invitation.